to a new episode of Watch or Not with Jay and MJ. I'm Jay. I'm MJ. So full disclosure, um, here's the thing. <laughs> you may or may not get an episode next Monday, and here's why. Um, it's my fault this time. No, but it, but that's, that's fine. Like no. an impromptu like family slash birthday trip came up for you, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and, and obviously that will be best for you to go. Yeah, mother-in-law decided out of the blue, she's never been to the Washington um, baseball team out in D.C., mm-hmm. and the Reds, which is the team she normally pulls for, is playing them on her birthday weekend. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go out to, excuse me, um, Washington, D.C., and watch yeah. that game. Yeah, that's fun. And spend the weekend there. So we may randomly record an episode if we can, if we can, if our schedules can align, um, but if not, then it will not be happening. <laughs> right now, I plan on being in the National Archives. When we normally would be recording. Correct. But as we mentioned last week, um, we will be releasing our capsule episodes of Watch or Not the Painted Table, which is going to be our weekly recap of the House of Dragons series. And that will start this Wednesday. You don't know which one to press, do you? Yeah. That will start this Wednesday. Um, we'll be dropping those uh, Wednesday. So even if we don't have an episode for you um, on the following Monday, like next Monday, mm-hmm. then you for sure will have the Wednesday episode. And then we will be out of town again in Austin. So you won't have a full-length episode that Monday either, but you will still get yes. your um, painted table episode. So taking care of the business at the beginning. Oh, yeah. Love that. Um, and also, before we get to the docket, because I know last week we talked about Woodstock 99. <laughs> Don't look at me. Oh, like did that. you finish it? I finished it. And I think I might have to, like, rethink some of my thoughts. On? On, I, I think I was more like, I think I was on the side of, of blaming the, the kids for being kids. To a point. To a point, yes. I think I was blaming them. And then, because I, I think the first one was really just start, was like, was like, yo, yo, yo this is starting to go a little sideways. And then when I got in there, I was like, okay, yeah, like um, this promoter guy is a dick. Uh, first off, statistically inevitable, the F him. Yeah, yeah, fuck you. Um, the fact that none of them took any kind of responsibility for anything that happened. I mean, I mean, obviously, you know what? That that to me is, is what his comment about, um, you know, like this is basically a small city, so obviously things happen. I'm like, okay, well, do, do we not blame the mayor of a small city when things like this happen? Exactly. Does the mayor not take responsibility for the things happening in their city? Preach. So to me, I'm like, you're basically a ghoul, and that's really it, 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 it's fucked up. And then the fact that the other guy just basically sat back and didn't do anything, Michael Lang or whatever the hell his name yeah. was, like I'm like, you didn't do anything either. Like this was just a full fuck fucking fuck up. Now. So, some of them kid and some of them kids were 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 like like fucking ridiculous. Like that's that's just they had the right to be mad to a, for a little bit of like for the fact that they took the water which was necessary. They were being price gouged for any type of food for mm-hmm. like sustenance or water they needed. Did you uh did you do a, an inflation calculation? Oh no, I didn't. They even were wanna... charging four dollars for water. That would be I think that was like almost eight dollars. I don't want to do that now because that would just make me mad. Yeah, almost. I think it was like seven fifty maybe for a bottle of water in today's time. Which I think if I had to pay seven fifty for a bottle of water, I'll be like, yeah, you can blow me. But then I also looked at. Well, they were also charging twelve dollars for Coke at the time, like a bottle of Coke. 
Oh, it, the, basically, basically the prices like inflation is almost doubled, not fully doubled, because I even looked to see how much tickets were nowadays, and I think I, I would say I googled this. I don't know how exact or, or well, how yeah, correct it is. Yeah, but it's an estimate. But it was like two hundred sixty-seven dollars. I was like, that's cheap. Well, they're saying it was only one hundred fifty for the whole weekend. That's what I was saying. So, so one hundred fifty dollars now would be like two hundred sixty-seven dollars, and I'm like, that's yeah. cheap for the and for the bands. The bands were a great lineup. Yeah. So. But yeah, I, I, I just had to I just had to recant a little bit and and say you know what take responsibility for your for you, the the people who fucked up shitty take responsibility for their actions as actions as well. Oh, one hundred. But you are the mayor of this small city, as you said. You need to take responsibility and do what you can to make sure that it was that it was everything was put right. Uh, and let me just make one other comment. Who the fuck gives them candles? Uh, he thought that was cute. I was like, "What do you do with these candles?" We gonna come back to peace and love. Um, there's a bonfire going. They're raging against the machine. They are starting to burn shit. And uh, oh yeah, the other thing I, I actually read another account of this because when stuff like this happens, I go down. I go down a, a Google oh. a Google wormhole. Yes. And um, somebody wrote a story that was actually there. Okay. And they were like, they made they made they made very specific mention of their lead singer from Offspring, mm. and how he could see from the stage that. Uh, women who were being who were crowd surfing were being like groped oh. and like stuff and he was well, yeah, like yeah they made he, a point of that and he actually said did they say that in the in the show well they, they made a point of like like that girl who was there who was a 14 years old she said she was being passed around like crowd surfing and there were specific guys like her comment was that would pass you along but the majority right, right. were like grabbing the butt grabbing the boob yeah but i think the guy from offspring saw, saw that and he actually said he actually said to the crowd like hey guys if if you know if stop like let's not do that i mean did oh he, they never mentioned that in the show but did, did he flub the landing a little bit because in this article she said he goes he goes so ladies if you see a man coming up there grab him in the balls and it's like okay well i see what you're trying to do but <laughs> but some of the guys um, might like that and then they weren't in a documentary at all but metallica was, was oh they played they played the second night really they were like the closing act and they stayed on like an extra hour to try and calm the crowd down so they did a huge part in trying to calm everybody down get you know get everybody back to so because they skipped right over from from um from limp biscuit to like fat boy slim in the rave yeah. in the documentary so there was a there was a few things in this article that i read where i was like oh like they were giving props to metallica to offspring to you know some of the bands really trying to calm people down and really trying to you know get the vibe to change so but i yeah. think they were trying to highlight and this is my last comment I think they're trying to highlight in the documentary that some of the bands should own some of the responsibility for hyping them up and building up that like and like not that anxiety but like that like rage mentality. Um, who was it? Uh, not Flat Fat Boy Slim, but uh, Limp Biscuit. Yeah, where he like jumped out on the plywood and you saw him like stomping. He's like fuck the. But I'm like, but it's Fred Durst. Like you know he's a dick. Like why would you? I mean, and exactly. And even the guy who was the promoter who was there was like, you can't like his job was to give the best performance possible, and he did it. It's not his fault that, but like you have to understand like what your music has done to that generation a little bit. Like there should be a little bit on the on the artist, I believe. Like like a tiny like like a two percent. Yeah, but I had to say some thoughts. Um, but yes, um, as well, the reason we took care of business first is because we were saying we really want to do some Emmy predictions, mm-hmm. and we wanted to do that on the week before. But since we might not have an episode next week, we figured let's do this now. Right. Yes. Right. How. Um, so while you're pulling up the Emmy nominations, I've already got them. Oh, um, we were watching, and when I were watching Jeopardy that night, and this person who was competing talked about a bracket they normally do, but it's not a fantasy football bracket. 
it is a fantasy draft where you draft actors and movies that are coming out that year and depending on how they do in the box office or maybe what awards they win those are the points you're awarded and you win the bracket that way that sounds very elaborate <laughs> it does but it kind of sounds fun i mean yeah i'm, I'm, I'm like that sounds like i'm, I'm like oh guys i'm so done <laughs> like, <laughs> like can we not um that sounds cool um i you guys we're gonna start with these we're gonna start with um i have outstanding comedy series is what i have up first what page are you on like what website emmys website because it's the emmys okay sorry damn like, do you just like why can't you why you got everybody else so here's the nominees, you guys. Um, Abbott Elementary, Barry, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Hacks, Only Murders in the Building, Ted Lasso, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and What We Do in the Shadows. Okay, so let me question. Are you gonna just are we picking one on who we think's gonna win, or are we gonna pick who we think's gonna win or who we want to win as well? The way we did last year is we, we we did we did should win, will win. Okay. Which is the Entertainment Weekly um RIP part of it. Fair enough. The way I used to do things. Um, are we on the same? Are we on the same page, you and I? Yes, yes. I, got, I just got there. Yeah. Um. So I, I, I think, I think will win. I think Ted Lasso is the new Veep, where it's just gonna win every year. If I'm being honest. Um. I think what we do in the shadows might be a contender. I don't think so. I think, I think that one might end up coming through. So who do you think will win? I think will win. What we do in the shadows. I think Ted Lasso will win. I think Abbott Elementary should win. And the reason I think that should win is because it's, I haven't, here's the thing. I'm, it's a show that I haven't finished all the seasons of. Okay. But it's definitely like a sitcom cool, like It looks old hilarious. School, it's like an old school, you know, like not really, there's a, there's a plot, but not really a plot kind of thing. I just think it's kind of a cool take on things. So I think I, I would, I would like Abbott Elementary to win. I think Ted Lasso will win, but I would not be hurt. Honestly, if any of the this is this is a category where if any any's won, mm-hmm. I'd probably be happy. Fair enough. And honestly, I mean, I've never seen the Marvels as Maisel. I hear it's great. I hear like all of these are amazing. Abbott Elementary is the one I want to watch out of all of these more than the other ones. So I'm gonna say that's one I think should. Mm. Uh outstanding lead actor in a comedy series. Donald Glover. Orlando Bill Hader for Barry, Nicholas Holt for The Great, Steve Martin, and Martin Short for Only Murders in the Building, and Jason Sudeikis for Ted Lasso. <laughs> Who's going to win? Jason. I think he will win, and here's why I think he will win. It's because this because the first season he won for being this kooky, weird you know coach that came out of nowhere and it was different. Mm-hmm. And then this season took some emotional turns for him. And he did really well. And I think that just means it's going to be, as much as I would like Donald Glover to win, I watched one episode of This Season's Atlanta, and I was like, this is really weird. I didn't realize Atlanta was a comedy. It, it's like a dark comedy kind of thing. Mm, okay. Um, I think Jason Sudeikis will win. And I I actually, I, I think it'd be cute if Steve Martin or Martin Short won. I was saying the same way. I would think it'd be cute. I think, okay. Jason's gonna win. I think Martin Short should. I would. I would agree with Martin Short. I feel yes. like Martin was. I, I enjoyed his character yeah. so much more yeah. than than Steve's. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, next we're gonna go outstanding lead actress in a comedy. Rachel Brosnahan for Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Quinta Britton. Quinta Brunson for Abbott Elementary. Kayla Cuoco for The Flight Attendant. Elle Fanning for The Great. Issa Rae for Insecure. Gene Smart for Hacks. Uh, Gene Smart is gonna win. Yeah. Um, I would like to see Quinta Brunson win just because, you know, 
I think she was actually really good in an episode of Abbott Electric. I saw she's like the creator of it and everything. Like okay. I just think she was I think she was good. And also I watched uh that Black Lady Ske- Black Lady Sketch show on HBO Max. Oh, is that her too? She was on the first season of it. Okay. Um maybe the first or second season. Then I, um, I think she's really funny. And I liked her a lot on that. Um I would love to give it to Issa Rae because I thought Insecure like ended very nicely and I thought she was cool in it. Um I would honestly, I'm going to pull a black here. I'm going to pull a, a race car. I really would honestly love to see uh, Quinta Brunson or East Orient win this, to be honest. So here's the thing. I agree. Gene Smart's going to win. Yeah. I'm just going to automatically knock out Kaylee and Rachel. I don't think they have a chance. I think Rachel has a chance. Out of the other people here, I've not seen Abbott and I'm not seeing Insecure as much as you have, so I really mm-hmm. can't judge them. Mm-hmm. I have watched pretty much all of the great. Mm. And I like Ellie. I, I, L? L, yes. I kind of think she should, but because I just haven't seen Abbott mm-hmm. and Insecure. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. Yeah. That's why we, that's why we have a, that's, that's why we do this. Uh, supporting actor, um, Anthony Kerrigan for Barry, Brett Goldstein for Ted Lasso, uh, Toheeb Jamo for Ted Lasso, Nick Muhammad for Ted Lasso, <laughs> Tony Shalhoub for Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Tyler James Williams for Abbott Elementary, Harry Winkler for Barry, Bowen Yang for Saturday Night Live. So here's the thing. I don't watch Saturday Night Live. I I did like Bowen Yang in that Fire Island movie. It was really good. Um, but I don't watch Saturday Night Live enough. This is a category to me where I'm spoiled for choice. I really don't know. You're not going to go wrong either way you go. If, if I go with my heart, I would love Anthony Kerrigan to win because I love Hank on Barry. He's the reason I watch Barry. He is so hilarious on Barry so I honestly I, and I love I honestly love Tony Shalhoub on the Marvelous he's honestly the best piece of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel for me okay I love him to death so I, I honestly the only person I would kind of rule out I would rule out Bowen I would rule out Tyler James Williams he was fine in Abbott Elementary but it wasn't the greatest okay um but I think will win I think they might get crazy and say you know what we're giving we're giving a it's the old the it's the old crowd is is new yeah so I almost feel like they might do Henry Winkler or Tony Shalhoub I feel like might win but I also think they were primed for a Ted Lasso sweep again so here's the thing I feel like Tony's gonna be the one that wins I would love if he won honestly I feel like he's going to who should I honestly have no opinion on that at this yeah. with this category. This, this like, is a hard category. You can't go wrong. This is a hard category. The only one I would be really kind of mad, like even though he did a great job, just because I don't like his character, would be Nick. Because I'm like, he's a douche from the second season, but he did a good job with it. That, be, if he wanted to be for the same reasons that Jason Jacobs wants, you mm-hmm. know, thing, whatever. I, I, I would rule out Bowen Yang and Tyler James Williams. Sorry, but I think everybody else, I'll be, I'll be okay with. Um, supporting actress, we have Alex Borstein for the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Hannah Einbinder from Hacks, Janelle James from Abbott Elementary, Kate McKinnon for Saturday Night Live, Sarah Niles for Ted Lasso, Cheryl Cheryl Lee Ralph for Abbott Elementary, Juno Temple for Ted Lasso, and Hannah Waddingham for Ted Lasso. Why do we need eight nominees? Like, just do five. I don't. I, I said this last time. I said this every season. We don't need this many. Um, well, gonna, and half of them are for the same show, right? I'm gonna rule out Kate McKinnon because I just don't watch Saturday Night Live. Okay. Um. I think for me, I love Janelle James and Abbott Elementary. I love Shirley Ravlin. I this is another category where I really the only other people I would say I would rule out Kate McKinnon. I'll rule out Sarah Niles from Ted Lasso. Um, everybody else, I would be more than happy for them to win. Well, okay, and I haven't watched the second season of Hacks, but I don't think Hannah is going to have a shot. I feel like Hannah is not 
from the first season because I haven't seen the second one. The I have. I think she has a shot. Okay, so she, uh, was she actually like really more prominent in the second season? She was prominent in the first season. Well, like, okay, fine. I haven't seen the second season, so I can't talk to her. Um, I would say going to win probably Janelle or Cheryl. I w- that's what I would hope, but I don't think yeah, they will. I don't know. I would hope that they w- that they would win. Because- you think Juno will win? I don't know if Juno was as big of a part of season two as as Hannah. Yeah, maybe Hannah won last year, so I don't know. We are primed for another Ted Lasso sweep, I think. But I think that Janelle or Shirley, again, I'm thinking like the older crowd, Shirley, Ralph, and Moesha days. Like we're having oh, this resurgence. I totally forgot about the Moesha days. Yeah, we're having this resurgence of like these actors and actresses, you know, that are. You know, having their second wind, I want to say, and I'm like, Drew. it feels like we can reward these people for being in the industry for a long time, almost. You know, I, I can get behind that's that. That's another hard one. This is gonna be a hard year. Um, do we want to do guest actor? I think we could skip past guest. Yeah, actor. skip that one, and we'll skip past guest actors. We're doing main categories only, you guys. Um, we'll skip directing as well, and we'll skip writing. <laughs> okay, now the dramas, outstanding drama series. Um. You want, you want to yep. read the categories? All right. So, yeah. Outstanding drama series. We're looking at Better Call Saul, Euphoria, Ozark, Severance, Squid Game, Stranger Things Volume 4. I'm assuming that's part one and two together. I don't know. Okay. Doesn't specify. Succession and Yellow Jackets. Now, I never saw Yellow Jackets. I wanted I to either. see Yellow Jackets. I've seen almost every show on here. I've seen a few episodes of Ozark, but season one only. Yeah. I've seen two episodes of Better Call Saul season one only yeah um but honestly if i had to if i had to choose mm-hmm. i would say this this is another one where i don't think i could pick i think we're really spoiled i would rule out ozark because i did hear that the ending of ozark wasn't as good as people wanted it to be no one's ever had the ending of a show yeah but this is better call saw i've also i've heard the ending is really good but i don't think this ending i think this ending just happened so i don't think it's included in these emmys well, and they had a movie right after i think too who? Better Call Saul. They had like a wrap up movie. Oh, I think that all just aired and stuff. So I don't think that counts. Mm, okay. So for me, honestly, I would. I think this would have to. What I want to win, I want Squid Game to win. I want one hundred percent sweep. Yeah. What, what 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 would I also be okay with winning? Severance. Come on. I, Those two shows were just too good. I agree. I, I love Succession. I really do. I love Sugar Things. I liked Euphoria. Actually, Euphoria was pretty good this season too. This is a hard category. Um. We could do outstanding lead actor in a drama. Okay. So we're looking at Jason Bateman for mm-hmm. Ozark, mm-hmm. Brian Cox for Succession, mm-hmm. Lee Jung Jae mm-hmm. for Squid Games, mm-hmm. Bob Odenkirk. Odenkirk. Okay. For Better Call Saul. I never actually even said his last name. Mm-hmm. Adam Scott for Severance, and Jeremy Strong for Succession. Another hard one. Um, I I would love to see Lee Jung Jae win. Yes. Um, I think this is gonna go to Jeremy Strong or Adam Scott, if I'm being if I'm being honest. I think it's gonna go to Adam for succession. I think or severance. Sorry. I think next year Bob Odenkirk will win the Better Call Saul. But I've also heard that he's like kind of slid, like he's not as prominent in the show lately. But I don't know I, because I, I haven't watched the most recent ones. Yeah, I know. So we are coming up from a spot of like a little. Like, there's some uh, blind spots, obviously. But I think Squid. I, I would love to see a Squid Game. I would love sweep. to see a sweep. I would love it. Love it. Either either Squid Game or Severance needs to sweep for me. Um, lead actress in the drama, we have Jodie Comer for Killing Eve, which I didn't know was still on. 
Sandra O oh for Killing Eve. Again, didn't know it was still on. Laura Lenny for Ozark. Melanie Linsky for Yellow Jackets. Reese Witherspoon for The Morning Show. And Zendaya for Euphoria. So here's what's weird. Why are there only six in this category? I'm I'm not gonna comment. Like I'm really confused because I mean when we look at the when we look at the outstanding drama series is like You couldn't find one per series. I mean not one per series, but well there were only six male nominees. Yeah. But there again, there's eight there, there were eight shows. You couldn't found one per show. This one, I'll, I'm looking at it right now. I didn't see Yellow Jackets, but I know who Melanie Linsky is as an mm-hmm. actress, and I've seen her in things, and I like her in things. I didn't watch The Morning Show. I'm over Killing Eve. I didn't watch Ozark. I would have to save the day from this. I would think that she will, and w- I, I think she'll get a second year in a row win. Probably. Over all these people, but who knows? Uh, I would, I would, I, I think Zendaya's gonna win. I would want to see Melanie take it though did you watch yellow jacket i didn't i just feel like i want to see her win because I, I remember her back from two and a half men mm. so like mm. I, I don't know if she's really done anything or won anything for that mm-hmm. i don't remember her award so i feel like she's due for something mm. i get you yeah um so supporting actor in drama we have nicholas braun in succession billy crudup for the morning show kieran culkin for succession park hey from squid game Matthew McFadden for Succession, John Turturro for Severance, Christopher Walken for Severance, um, Oh Young Soo for Squid Game. I think this one, I would love if Nicholas Braun won a Succession because I just love his character in Succession. Um, but I think John Turturro in Severance was so good. Oh, so good. I loved him in, Sever- or in Severance. He, he really, he was so good. I want him to win. And and this kind of goes into like when we're gonna our Bay Week discussions, like, but can you have his performance without Christopher Walken? Yes. Okay. I think that you can. Um, I don't. I don't think Chris Walken should be nominated in this category. I don't think he was in it enough, to be honest. But it's supporting, so that's mm-hmm. fine. Um, the only reason I think the Squid Game guy shouldn't win is because which Squid Game guy? Parquet Sue wasn't in it enough to me because he was the was he the guy who um was smacking people in the in the no, I thought he was the best. Oh, friend. he was the one with the glasses. Yeah, he was the one who was the final with the other guy. Oh my gosh, I might have just changed my whole mind. I don't know. This is hard. Yeah, he was the he was the one who like switched. Yeah, like, like oh, he's so smart. He's so smart. You're an asshole. This like, is proving to be way difficult. Like I think we we yeah. the first couple of categories we were like this should win, this will win, this should win, this will win, and then we got past that we were like I don't know. <laughs> it, again, but we're not starving for good quality people or suggestions here. Yeah, supporting actress. Patricia Arquette, Severance, Julia Garner, Ozark, uh, Jung Ho Yun for uh, Squid Game, Christina Ricci for Yellow Jackets, Ree Reyes Seahorn for Better Call Saul, Jay Smith Cameron for Succession, Sarah Snook for Succession, Sydney Sweeney for Euphoria. That's new. Okay. We need to give it to Sydney Sweeney. I'm Sydney down. Sweeney launched a gazillion memes this year for Euphoria. It made me want to watch season two really badly because all the memes that were coming out, she was, my brain remembers her being in every single one of them. I don't remember the memes. She was like at tons of, of every, the, 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 the bathroom door one. The uh the the bathtub one, oh, the in the mirror okay. crying one, the yeah. like there there she she it, it was like every meme that came out during this season was all about fucking Sydney Sweeney. I think from a pop culture standpoint, she should win for the culture. Like she just should. <laughs> all right. Um, 
but this is also like a really kind of a, a really difficult category. Um, do you remember who uh, Jung Ho Yun was? Um, was she the short haired one who was who was in the third one at the yes. end? Yes. Okay. She was really cool. I, I, I liked her. Um, I like Richard Arquette and Severance. I didn't watch Jello Jackets. I do want to go back and watch that. Um, I think Sarah, Sarah Sick was fine. I like her in the session, but I don't think she should win this category. But definitely like... But I, I'm going to go. I, I think I want the Squid Game sweep. I want to. I want Jung to win. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to agree with you on that. Um, I think those are really the biggest ones. Because right? the next are like guest actor, guest yeah, actress, we're not all those. Uh, yeah. directing, writing. So yeah. I think we're at the end of this then. Do so, you I mean, want to do the anthologies? I don't even know what that means. The like short seasons, like what a uh, American Horror Story is. Oh, Stories no, because I barely see any of those. Okay. I've seen less of those than the other shows. Um. So, yeah, those are our main guesses, you guys. Some of them are guesses, some of them are, are, are um, you know, are wants. <laughs> Probably. Um, but yeah, if you don't like award season, then sorry. This was a waste of time for you. <laughs> but also, you're welcome. <laughs> um, okay, so you know what, guys? We oh, never told the show. No. So stay tuned for this week's review. Welcome back, everybody. Sorry, Jay was a little bit of, uh, you know, sleeping on the top part of the show. Forgot to announce that our review today is going to be Netflix original, The Sandman. They'll live. It's fun. <laughs> well, now they know. All right. Do you have the review up? I don't have the description. Um, yeah. So, um, uh, so The Sandman, you all. Netflix original. Upon escaping after decades of imprisonment by a mortal wizard, Dream, the personification of dreams, sets about to reclaim his lost equipment. Very vague. It is very vague. But you're welcome. Um, should we do cast and crew? Let's go ahead and do that. All right. Yeah. So we have Tom Sturridge here, who it plays our titular character, Dream. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as Tom Sturridge goes, I don't know much about him. I know that he is a British actor. So he's probably been in a lot of stuff that we have not seen. I'll say we have not been privileged enough to see a lot of his other stuff. I don't right. know him from anything. Right. Um, but he plays Dream. And Dream is um, one of the endless, is what they call them. Yes. And um, they apparently all start with a letter D. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Um, and he is the king of dreams, basically. So, the, so yes, the Sandman, the king of dreams. Yeah, so apparently, and this is the description I heard last night, the endless are all rulers of like concepts like dream death destiny um oh my gosh i can't think of the other one desire despair thank you yes and there's one other one and i can't think of the last one mm. but yes so there's like concepts of things that are out there that we know exist and these people are, are what rule and kind of maintain the order of them mm-hmm. um so yeah as we said dream is kind of the king of the king of of dreams mm-hmm. um then we have uh we can go with Boyd Holbrook, who plays the Corinthian. Yes. Uh, so, since we said Dream is the king of dreams, he is the ruler and can help create dreams or nightmares. Uh, and the Corinthian is, I don't know, was it his first nightmare, his best nightmare? I never really got what it was. He was just, he was, he's just a nightmare. He is 
the nightmare. Um, he has a nightmare that is that was built to to basically um, to basically show people what their fears are and hold that mirror up to them so they can mm-hmm. face those fears. Yes. Um, and that's what his his um, that's what his function really was. That's a, that. So nightmares. Yes, you would think of a nightmare as something like like a like you know. Maybe help you face your fear. Yeah, like you, like you, you're, if you have a nightmare, it's because you have your, your fears are coming in, your fears are seeping in. So he's supposed to hold a mirror up to that, show yeah. you those fears, make you have these nightmares, basically, I guess, in a way, and kind of hopefully help you face them. Okay. Um, Boyd Holbrook, uh, he's not in a, he's been in a bunch of stuff, but he's no, he was, he was in Logan, um, but I don't know if any of these are really huge, huge, huge parts. All I know is that with those glasses on, he was pretty cute. He did not have trouble finding anybody he wanted to uh, take back to his room. He could have found me. Um. So next, um, we can go with Patton Oswalt, Os- Oswalt, who uh, voices Matthew the Raven. So um, yeah. It, so dream. Uh, one of his thing is he can send ravens into the real world and actually see what's going on. They're kind of like his eyes and ears mm-hmm. for the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are dreams themselves, and they are usually people who were living that died and are reincarnated as these ravens. Right. Um, we all know who Patton Oswalt is. <laughs> Parks and Rec fame. Uh, yes. Um, uh, and then we have uh Vivian uh Achiampong. Not sure how to say that. Okay. Um. But she plays uh, Lucienne, who is the librarian, kind of the the dreams right hand woman. Yeah, person. she yeah. When when he like we said he gets captured, she kind of takes over and tries to you know keep the land of dreams running while he mm-hmm. is gone. Um, let's see how deep we go into this. So I guess next would be uh, Vanessa Samunier. She plays Rose Walker. Uh, right, which. Do you want to get into what she is, like her character-wise? Uh, Rose, Rose, Rose Walker is basically just like someone who, um, she comes in as someone, as, as a girl who's really trying to, you know, find her brother, mm-hmm. but ends up entangled in the world of dreams. Yes. Um, And then, I'm not sure how, that might be like really the main, main, main cast. We could go further if we want. But everybody else is like only like three or four episodes. Like it's yeah. not even half the series. Yeah. Um, I think the only person who was in every episode is really Dream. Um, yes. Everybody else was really kind of, it really kind of depended. Um, very much so. So we are going to go ahead and stop with the um, cast and crew. Yes, and then we can really kind of slide into the plot. Yeah, so spoiler let's, territory. Let's uh, let's grab a little blanket, get all nice and cozy, and talk about spoilers. I like it. I love it. Um, so let's. So first off, you all, we are. Um. So and 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 this is my one thing. Warning for whoever may watch this show. It is a DC comic rendition a comma that was written by Neil Gaiman Gaiman whatever you want to say mm-hmm. but it's a very dark show I was not expecting for how dark it was going to be yeah some of the things they bring up and talk about could be trigger warnings so careful with the show if you have triggers okay yeah I guess, I guess I'll agree with that I'm gonna put that out there first with, in this boys here there are possible triggers yeah um so you guess we we open up with this show where we really kind of 
there it opens up almost in like the I want to say 1800s maybe World um, War Two World um, War One time it, it, it is definitely it's definitely between um, 1889 and 1989 we know that for sure yeah exactly um, so um, and. We come across Tywin Lannister. Which Oh I'm Tywin sh- Lannister. I'm shocked at how many games of Throne people were in this show. Yeah. Um I was excited like Ty- Tywin Lannister's in this, you guys. Brienne of Toth mm-hmm. uh is in here. She plays Lucifer, uh, which is great. But yeah, so he gets captured by this by this by Tywin Lannister, who's like this, you know, he's like this amateur wizard or whatever. Yeah. You know? he, he, like, he he delves in the magics. And he brings people in. So like like he does this, he brings like a cult in with him. So he has like all these extra people who can help do this magic with him. Right. So he's trying to capture death. Because he wants his son back. The one who died in the war. Right. That's why I know it's a war. I just don't remember if it was World War One or World War Two. So but instead he gets a dream. Yes. And then basically keeps Dream locked up for over a century. Yes. Uh, and takes uh, Dream's tools, which his tools are his sand. Mm-hmm. Which is in a little, um, pa- little leather pouch. Um, his uh, his helm, which is his helmet. Basically. I don't know what that's supposed to do. Um, I forgot. And his ruby. Yes. Um, so he takes all of his all of his things to help him, and he kills his raven. Yeah, well, sort um, of. Uh, his son kills his raven. Well, yeah. And that was like um, 50 years after being captured. So that he, he really can't, he really has no power without, without any of his, you know, instruments. I think the sand is really helps him teleport or really helps him move. Well, and so stuff like that. But. And, and I think and this is where maybe we skipped over an important part. Um, so the Corinthian, the part we were talking about earlier, this nightmare escapes to the real world. And the reason that dream was in the real world and kind of why he got captured was because he was going to retrieve the Corinthian. After Dream gets captured, the Corinthian goes to this house and helps tell them how to make sure he doesn't escape. Shows them the the um like cage to lock him into, make sure that the uh, ceiling ring doesn't get broken. Mm-hmm. He helps make sure he gets stuck for a hundred years. Mm-hmm. So the Corinthian kind of sets that plot in motion. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, the power like the sand helps him teleport, and I think helps create dreams or maybe gets him into the dreaming world. I don't. I don't wasn't really sure I, for, I honestly forgot that detail yeah uh, to be fair um but yeah so so he basically so so we, he ends up being being caught for like over 100 years so mm-hmm. when, when he finally does escape he goes back to his dream world and it's like shattering his his three dreams or creations or nightmares have all escaped um yes. it is very densely populated uh, but Lucien is still there trying to hold things down, but his kingdom has completely like, you know, without his presence has, has diminished. Yes. Um, and then because he couldn't perform any of his duties, there were people who like, since he, he, cre- he, he is dreams. Yes. So in that respect, like people were falling ill, which they called it ill, but there were people were falling asleep and never waking up. Um, people were, you know, or I want to say people were awake in, and never could sleep. Right. Awake mm-hmm. and never could sleep. C- c- like, cause if he, he started to control all that. So it, it throws everything out of balance in, 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 in that way. So his absence has completely crumbled the dream world basically. So when he gets back, he's really like, my main goal is to find my tools mm-hmm. and restore the dream world back to what it should be. And the reason he needs his tools is because he's lost so much power. He hasn't been able to, like I said, maintain the dream, which since the world of dreaming is now destroyed, his power is a lot less strong. Right. He's right, weakened. Right. And he, and he tries to put the dream world back together, but he, but then he realizes like, I'm not strong enough. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, so that this this is where he he has to he has to journey back into, you know, the real world. That's where mm-hmm. he gets his new Raven Matthew, and it's like, hey, you know, you've got to be very careful. Obviously, you were captured last time. We don't know how. We don't know why, but you know, you've got to be careful trying to you know retrieve all these tools yes um which we find which we know back in the 1900s or whatever that one of the mistresses of tywin lannister's character mm-hmm. like basically um he got her pregnant and wanted her to get an abortion and she was like not nah, kid and she stole like two hundred thousand yeah. dollars like a lot of money and she stole uh dreams tools mm-hmm. and like ran away with her with her uh with her with her um fetus in tow yeah <laughs> in tow she's dragging it behind her oh my god um and and she's been using these tools to basically like she she actually i think what she did was she didn't she like she barters for them yes she sold them for like protection or mm-hmm. for certain things and uh gave the ruby to her son which made him like basically insane did you know who her son was lupin yes yes professor lupin also, um, the God of War from Wonder Woman. Yes, I always forget he's in that until yeah. I start, like, until I think about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, he yeah. was in that. But he, Emily, like, the moment he came on screen, because I was watching my phone and we were in the car, mm-hmm. I didn't even notice. She goes, that's Lupin. And yeah. I was like, is it? Oh, it is. Professor Lupin. Um, I don't even remember what his real name was in here. John? Uh, Yeah, I think it was John. Oh, okay. So, he, so, so you guys, here's, here's what's weird about this show. Th- th- this show, like, because... This is what we said about, about the plot because it says, <laughs> hey, he's looking for his tools. Yeah, for like four episodes. Of a 10-episode series. Yes, and then it switches. And and then it switches from, hey, I'm looking for my tools, which is where we get involved with, with, with Lupin, which is where we start to figure out, you know, we get back involved with this mistress of Time and Lannisters. Like, this is where we start to really see that piece of it. Yeah. But this, this plot really switches into, hey – it's not about finding my tools now. It actually, to me, this 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 really evolves into three different plots. It's hey, I was captured. I need to find my tools to get my power back. Yes. And then it evolves into now that I've got my power back, what do I do? Yes. Now? Like need a purpose. What is, I was gone for this long. What 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 really do I? Need? What is my purpose? Which really evolves into hey, there is a dream vortex that happens every so often that that threatens to completely destroy both realms. Now I've got to stop this. So, and here's what I was trying to figure out. He kept saying that there's, so dream vortex, let's, let's touch point on that real quick. Dream vortex is something that literally can break down the walls between people's dreams. And not something. It's always a person. True. Yes. It is a person who has a power and it's pretty much the power of dream where that they can break through the walls and, and kind of like make dreams collapse on themselves. And in turn, if it's not stopped, destroys the universe. Like literally, the universe. It 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 basically does what every other Marvel show does too, where it's like, oh, these two realms are going to merge, and it's going to destroy both realms. Is yes. basically what this is. So uh, the dream world starts to meld into the real world. Exactly. And then it, it'll it'll be destroyed. Um, but they keep saying there's one per generation. Yeah, something like that. And One that, per, yeah. But then there's the fact that he goes, I didn't stop them once, and they had, I guess, to restart the universe because Dream didn't do their job. Mm-hmm. So does that mean he's killed, taken care of all these other ones since the universe restarted again? I would, I would assume so, because the, the thing is, is you asked, in order for the Dream Vortex to be, to be ended, 
um, in order for in order for this not to happen, you, they have to kill the dream the person who is the dream vortex. Exactly. Um, but they but they but they um, well let let's go back because because we do obviously he finds his tools. Yes. Um, which you guys this this series has like uh, I I want to keep I don't want to keep using the term capsule because I think I've used it, but there's there's like a couple of like capsule episodes that I think before we go into like the deep, 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 deep time of it, yeah. we can really kind of, we can really kind of explain it. So like one of those capsule episodes is really when dream is still trying to find his, his, uh, his tools, his mm-hmm. Ruby. Um, and actually there's a couple of capsule episodes in, in that part, I think, cause they're, we're trying to find this Ruby and professor Lupin's character. Um, the root, the root, what the Ruby does is it basically takes away lies. It makes you, it's almost like it makes dreams come true. Yes, it's almost like a weird, fucked up lie detector. Well, so the it in dream put his power into the ruby, and thus it gave the ruby the power of dreams, so it can make dreams come true. Lupin's dream was to not have lies, so Dr- Lupin made that happen. Yeah, but it's kind of like an old school genie type thing, where yeah. you know, be careful what you wish for, kind exactly. of thing. Exactly. If you tell a genie, "Hey, I want all the money in the world," then that dream can be tw- twisted, or that wish can be twisted into something that isn't really real. Yes. So we, he ends up trying to, you know, his dream is to not have any lies. So he mm-hmm. goes into this diner and basically holds these people captive without them knowing that he's affecting their thoughts and their minds. And they like, they, they, they go on a killing spree and it's, and it's like really, it was, it was real. I was like, Oh, okay. You see how like, quickly everything just goes downhill. Yeah. This was the first one where I was like, Oh, this is really off. Like, it gets this is real really weird, dark and kind of like, Inter- it's interesting it's like a very like yeah. big human experiment in an episode yeah it really is i think that's and, I, and it was it was really intriguing how they did that and then kind of like one of the other capsule episodes was when he goes he knows that his helm was sold to a demon yeah and he goes down to hell to talk with lucifer who was played by brianna tarth which um, i loved love that um to you know figure out hey can i get my helm back basically and I love the the weird. I'm gonna use a big word. The weird juxtaposition of what you would think Lucifer looks like. First of all, you think Lucifer's a man. You do. Um, but when I tell you that um, Lucifer turned around, had the dark wings or whatever, and had like the most fair skin. Uh-huh. Y'all, y'all know what Brienne Tarth looks like. Br- fair skin and just these golden curls and the white dress with no yeah, stains with the white like yeah no stains like thank you for pointing that out being in, um, be, being in hell with all the soot and, and the ash, ash no stains none whatsoever immaculate perfect it, immaculate uh, conception might i say <laughs> um no um and in in this very like like not this booming voice just this very soft like tone but people listened yeah when you talk and it was like to get his helm back he had to battle lucifer mm-hmm. but the battle wasn't like it was a really kind of it took it me a like while to figure chess. out what it was yeah it, like so the battle they had so the whole point was in this battle scene you could name yourself a champion so the demon who had his helm named lucifer and then dream named himself so it was the it was dream versus lucifer and the whole like entire thing, it took me like maybe four rounds to kind of figure out what it was. But Lucifer started off and would name something. Well, uh, yeah, Lucifer. Lucifer said, um, "I, I, I am a, I am a wolf. Yeah, sharp teeth, gnarling, you know, um, biting. Uh huh. And then, um, 
Dream was the says, hunter. Dream says, um, I am a hunter, you know, whip smart, perfect aim, you know. So in this scenario, you're thinking, hey, if a wolf's come at you and I'm a hunter, then I should be able to kill the hunter with my arrows. Kill the wolf. Kill the wolf, yeah. yes. And then that's where Luce starts to come back and say, well, you know what? I am a serpent. I have this. I have like, and then he's like, I'm a, so it's like, you know, you're saying I'm this and you have to pick something that can basically, it's basically rock, paper, scissors. It is. That's a good description. Like, like a really cool rock, paper, scissor type situation. And it's like, it's actually really cool. Like, I was like, what is this? This is nifty. Well, because like, the way it builds up to like, like, and I'm not going to give away like Dream's last yeah, one, but yeah. like Lucifer goes, I'm a, a plague that can destroy everything, blah, blah, yeah, blah, blah, yeah. blah. It kills the universe. What do you dream? And I was like, oh shit. Yeah. What just happened? Yeah, so it's so it's really it, it was it, that was really cool and really different and and kind of and kind of new. Yeah, um, I think the other capsule episode is really the episode about death. So there's two episodes about death. There's one where she's actually walking around with her, and then there's the one where he follows his little experiment where the guy can't die. I liked the second one. Um, we have um, first of all, I, I have to I have to call out Kirby Howell Baptiste, um, who played um death because she has been in a ton of shit i've loved her since she was in the good place for a couple seasons she mm-hmm. was in barry for a season she was in killing eve she was a uh, sandra o's best friend in killing eve for a long time this lady has been around and i love her and everything that she's been in i think she's amazing and i think she did great about this as well because they this this show did did that too where it, they turned death on its head like you you think you have a you have a very specific thought of what you think death is and death is this black woman with perfect hair wearing a black tank top and some jeans talking about yo 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 hi so and I, I think they took there's and she's just their siblings yeah so it's it's dream's sister um but i forget what author wrote this but someone i've i've learned about it in college in literature wrote that de- like death is like coming home to meet a friend you like you know and that's how i think they kind of portrayed her because yeah. every time she walked in it was like do you know who i am and then the person would kind of be like no i don't and they would look at her and go oh and like a realization and kind of yeah. like remembering that old friend, someone you knew is coming and she would just come like collect them and talk to them. And it was just like, it was done really well. Right. And this is where he was trying to figure out his purpose. And she mm-hmm. was saying, you know, I've had the same thoughts that you've had before, but I had to really decide, I had to really figure out exactly what yeah. I needed. And she, I think what she was basically telling was like, humanity is really what you need. You need to have that humanity to really understand what your job is and why you're here to do it. And, I think it took him a while to really feel good. I think he understood, but I think, I think it took him a while to really put that into action. Because exactly. when he thinks about that, it, it made sense. And then here comes along the dream vortex of Rose Walker. And he's like, well, what the fuck do I do now? Exactly. And he kind of, he kind of sulks into his old ways of being this authoritative, you know, super hyper aggressive dictator. And I'll figure it out on my own kind of thing because now there's imminent, there's an imminent threat here that I have to take care of. Well, and he says, like, I've handled this for so many years. I know what I'm doing. Right. He doesn't accept change at right. the beginning. Right. Um, and we'll we'll, and we'll, and we'll, and we'll touch on Corinthian and then we'll, we'll move on. Because this was part of the thing. Like, he is trying to get his three nightmares back who we have galt who i still don't remember i still don't understand galt's a, a shapeshifter she can take on any form so if you right. like are having like a nightmare about a zombie or a nightmare about a vampire they could sh- that's galt's position yeah um but i think galt also didn't really i think galt really didn't want to be 
someone who scares people. Mm-hmm. That was what Galt was. Galt was there to scare or whatever. And, yeah. and she didn't want to, I'm going to assume it's a she. They yeah. didn't want to do, they didn't want to be that. And then we have Fiddler's Green, which is basically not a person, it's a place. Which I don't think was technically, I think Fiddler's Green was a dream, not a nightmare. It just left right. to go experience humanity. Right. And so Fiddler's Green like became a human after Dream left yeah. and wanted to experience humanity. But he, they are a place it is it is like it is like when you think of a dream in like a really green field with flowers and hills mm-hmm. that's what fiddler's green is which i was like that's kind of cool yeah um and then the corinthian has basically ch- ch- turned into this serial killer basically and yeah. he's inspired these collectors which was very creepy like I said, it got real weird towards the end. Yeah, like th- th- they they were having like a convention every year. I think it was clever the serial convention for serial oh, killers. I didn't get that. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So that's what it, they were all serial, and they were just talking about serial killing. Like it was like it, this was basically Comic Con for serial killers. Like oh had, yeah. Hall H was about feminism and, and serial killers. Like it was just like what the hell? And they're and they're doing this like like because Corinthian like collects eyes and eats them because he doesn't have any. Well, did you and, see what his eyes were? Yeah. Like, I didn't get that till the very end when they killed him. I couldn't tell what it was, but there were teeth. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. And that was, that was what he inspired, you know, from being out for so long. Like, he inspired the, the, this, this generation of serial killers, which was really kind of crazy. And, and the way that they kind of came in terms of what they were doing was really fucked up can as we, well. I was like, can we talk about um, how cruel that was for Dream to do that? Like, um, like to just instantly be like, by the way. I don't know if I think it was cruel. Oh, but I, 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 no, I mean, they needed to do it, but like to have that instantly hit you of all of that at once. Yeah, it was oh. a lot. It, it was definitely a lot. Um, but you got, but they, but they wove, but that was, that to me was an episode that was kind of cool, kind of understanding what collecting meant. And I was like, yeah. okay, I'm really starting to understand, you know, what's happening here in this. So, and here's, I wanted to ask you, the first episode where you start hearing about the convention and those three are meeting at that diner. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that the same diner Lupin was at? It was. Okay. I thought so. It was. So I think that was, I think that's where I, if, if there was something in the show that I thought was confusing, cause I was like, did all that stuff actually happen? And I would assume it did. Um, I would assume it did, but we never know. But I think he even says, I can put things back right. Well, but so with the episode where Lupin does kind of like hold them in there and take yeah. lies away, you they make it seem like it's controlled in the diner. But if you keep hearing all the news, like articles and the weather forecast, it hit the entire world. And that's why when you went out afterwards, everything was in ruin and there were cars tipped over and fires. And Dream, and that's why Dream was like, the rebuilding starts tomorrow. So that's where like, you saw what happens when lies are taken away because if you want, if you listen to the background, like news articles that are going on on the TV, like pandas were, were breeding tsunamis and, and, and uh, heat waves were hitting at the same time. Like people are rioting in the streets. Like there's just all this terror and issues that were happening. Mm-hmm. And then they rebuilt. And then that's kind of when he gets into like conversation with death and figuring out what his purpose is and all that stuff. So you're, you're thinking that those people are still, around i think the people in that diner are all dead that like that collected like those five or six he had there Mm. but everybody else in the world still exists so the diner's still there 
people who own it are still there. They still have to employ people to work there. So I think that that would go on and continue to be a thing. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's the one thing I think I think I, w- I think I would want to research and, and, and really figure out because I, I that was the one part where I was the one part. Um, oh, out, okay, out this, this is trippy show. out of this out of this crazy show that I'm like, what? I don't understand. And, but but the, the episode was good. Yeah. I think afterwards I was just kind of like, hmm, OK, well, what happened to those jokes? Those people, those jokes. Um, But I think we should jump into Bay of the Week. Yeah, I, I don't want to spoil because there's so much stuff that's really cool yeah, in the show. Yeah. Like, I know we're in spoilers. But there's parts like if you're going to watch this, like I don't want to tell you what yeah, happens. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Let's jump on the bay. Um, I think this one is one of the ones where for me, it really, again, I think it has to be Tom Sturridge. I think it has to be Dream. It has it to be Morpheus, the cat of Dream. It has to be him because he was this through line through the entire yeah. show, he was in every episode, and he had such great growth in that voice. Like it was almost like like the voices in this show were all so like like his voice was just it was almost like it was almost like he was projecting a whisper. Like how do you project a whisper? But it was like, also like soothing and terrifying all at the same time. Yeah, like he was he was really really good. I I just, I just thought he was amazing. Honestly, I couldn't. I, I watch him in anything. I loved it. And, and here's my take. The only Oh my god, we didn't even talk about Merv Pumpkinhead. Oh. <laughs> Where did that that man that guy? I was like, who the hell's that? For like 30 seconds. Um, um but here and here and here's my take on it. The only people who were in a majority of the episodes that could possibly contend for this position for Bay of the Week to me, because none of the ones who were in like one or two episodes really had an outstanding performance that like shone above the rest. I slightly disagree, but go ahead. I'm going to give it option wise would be dream the Corinthian and maybe Luciana. Is that how you say your name? Lucien. Yeah. Those three were the ones that were in enough and did well enough that I could think about doing as Bay of the week. And this could be because I just love her, but Oh, did you also realize that um, the doctor from Ted Lasso was Rosemary? No. The lady that gave, uh, that gave Professor Lupin a ride. Really? That was the that was the, the psychiatrist from Ted Lasso. Yeah, that was the same lady. A little nugget right there. I like it. Yeah, I, I noticed that later. I was like, she looks familiar. I was like, oh, it's the doctor from Ted Lasso. Yeah. And say Lupin might have been the one that was like in like three episodes that I could have possibly given it to. He was really good. But out of those, so yeah, Lupin, so John. I uh, have to throw Kirby Howell Baptiste in there because as, as death... Just because I know, like, I know I love her. This, this could be just me loving her, but she I just thought great. she was good. This show really had even, like, Desire. In the yeah. few pieces that Desire was in, you got I was, was like, desire. I want to know what's up. I want to know what your story is. Like, he was, he was, he or they. I, I don't know. But that's where, yes, when Desire was on screen, I 100% got that with Desire. Oh, I was like, I was like, well, wait, can we get more? The hair, Where the makeup, they? I will give you what you want. What Not do you desire? So there are they. It's Mason Alexander Park who played who played Desire. Well, they did a great job with uh, Desire. I was like, that red lip? that the, 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 But that's where I feel like Desire is going to be a much bigger player in season yeah. two if they give a season two. I think they set up for a really good season two, yeah. honestly. Because um, you never, you didn't meet Destiny. You didn't meet some of the people, the right, siblings right. of the Endless. But, but the, the other, back to my point, I think... The Corinthian wasn't like amazing, amazing, and Lucia was okay. I, it Lucian. has, yeah, Lucian. I feel like it needs to be 
Morpheus. I think it's him. It, I mean, it, like, it, that, that yeah. was my initial thought, but, but and I yeah. agree. And that's where like I came to like those three throw in Lupin for four were kind of like the outstanding ones. Mm-hmm. But Dream still does it, it. Just weaved through every episode. I wanted more that voice, like you said. I wanted his history. Yeah. I wanted to know more about his dream world. I wanted to know like what what he was like before getting captured. Like, like I, I, I want to know more. Yeah. Um, so you guys, we're going to move on to the reason that you're here, which is, is this show a watch or not? Um, you know, I went back, I didn't go, I don't want to say I went back and forth. I, I like a sci-fi type weird mm-hmm. trippy thing. And where this show, I think had a couple of, Here's the thing. This show is one of the ones where there were a couple episodes where it didn't really start with Dream and I was like, what the fuck are we doing here? But then by the end, I was like, oh, that's what the fuck we're doing here. Yeah. And um, I was the diner episode was one of them because I was like, we're going to follow this guy around for an hour. Exactly. And then I got 20 minutes in. I was like, oh, okay. let's see. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, this is really getting weird. Like, Like, yeah, emotional roller coaster. Um. And I, I walked away with thoughts. So I, I have to say, I have to say, like, I have to say, watch this. I mean, Barbie and Ken, come on. Like, it's just hilarious. It's just random. It's so weird, but in like kind of like a really cool sci fi mm-hmm. way. I'm going to say, watch it. Uh, I agree. 100% watch. I, whatever goes on in Neil Gaiman, Gaiman's mind, thumbs up all across the board. This, I need to go look at what else he's written because I think he's written for both Marvel and DC. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's strictly a DC person. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's only DC. But this is the type of like DC stuff that I like. This kind of like weird makes you think kind of like fantastical. Yeah. Like I, this is what DC needs to do. Like I get we've complained about Marvel pulling out too many random people. Mm-hmm. But like you can only watch Batman and Superman so many times before you're like, we need something different. Marvel, this is how you take a character from your universe that yeah. no one knows anything about and put them into an ep- into a fully realized series. Exactly. But I will say, to be fair, I don't know if they're trying to connect this Sandman series to the DC world as a whole, so there is more freedom in that way. Well, and they never really show like DC comic. I think there's like a quick, like a quick, just like blip on right. it. Right. But if you're if you're, if you're, but. Even with all that there, even with those caveats of whatever, this is how you introduce a new character. Like it was just, it was like this Tim Burton esque, but not really kind of I like, like. I like your heads up. You know, like like this. It was it was just it was just, it, I, I it was just done really well, and every actor just like knew got the assignment. Oh, understood. Yeah. Every single person on this fucking show understood the assignment. Every single person. Down to Barbie and Ken who I've mentioned a second time now. So funny. Down to Hal. Down to the two sisters who Oh yeah. Like the little with, with the veil like the spiders. Oh my God. Like it was just this was it was just it was candy. I just couldn't stop eating it. It was so many different candies well, with wrappers and I well, was just into it. They no they wove the flavors. Like it was a perfectly perfect meal they wove the flavors you got your salt you got your meat you Girl. got your oh you got it all mm, sweet savory come on like i just could it was i i really the more i talk about them where i'm like this is kind of a masterpiece in a way like it's kind of fun and as well as ones like i said you walk away where you actually are thinking about like oh yeah well, like the one that again i i've mentioned now that the one where the guy can't die 
that one I walked away going, yeah. would I actually enjoy that? That's a pretty good story. That, that was a pretty good capsule episode as well, you guys. Like going through from like what eight seven 12, like twelve hundred. I think they did like a couple like every so the whole point was every century you would it go talk to slightly, him. It did get slightly tedious. I <laughs> was like, I was like, oh, we have to go all the way. I was like, ugh. But well, the last no. one he was captured for was the year I was born, nineteen eighty nine. Oh, so I was like, oh, my birthday. But <laughs> um, yeah, like uh, a the ups and downs. Like like he's an immortal, but like I don't know. It was it was just cool. Like you walk away thinking like, would I want that? He seemed to love it, and I'm like, but would I? I don't know. Mm-hmm. No. I definitely think it was it was definitely worth it. Yes, one hundred percent agree. Um, and 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 we're gonna um we're gonna end, but there is there's like a random eleventh episode they threw on at the very last minute, which looks like an animated episode that we did not watch. Um, it's so, a compilation episode, yeah, and it's all about dreams portrayed or shown through the eyes of or dreams of cats. Yeah, so we didn't watch that, just so you guys know. <laughs> but I, I I've, not I've because we didn't reviews. want to. We just saw. We, I was like, oh, and I was like, well, it's too late. So. Well, in the news articles I saw this morning, because I looked up if there was a guaranteed season two, because they have not guaranteed a season two at the time of recording this. But the the articles were, we have something to live on, hold on to until we get a confirmed season two. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you guys, uh, as we said, um, you you may get an episode next Monday. You may not. But be sure to stay tuned on Wednesday for the first episode of The Painted Table where we recap um, Game of Thrones, House of Dragon, episode one. And other than that, you know what? We'll talk to you guys very soon. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Watch or Not with Jay and MJ. Interact and give us suggestions on what to watch at watchornotpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at watchornot underscore pod. And don't forget about Instagram, you guys, at watchornotpod. Don't forget you can support the pod by joining our Patreon at watchornot with Jay and MJ. And subscribe and leave a review wherever you guys listen to podcasts. Talk to you soon.